welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Hey, well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen, 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 amen. All right. Well, I love this time of the year. We're going to see some folks in here. This is the time where you see a lot of people being back to church. Summer is over. Labor Day is over. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Are you all ready? If you all haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, we've been in the series called Marked. And we're going out of the book of Ezekiel chapter 9. And then the prophet begins to, uh, the Lord's beginning to speak to him. And he said, uh, by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going through the sanctuary. And he said, I want you to put a mark. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 14 that we are marked and sealed by the Holy Spirit. And, and he said, I want you to go through the sanctuary and I want you to put a mark on the people that grieve over the repulsive acts of this culture and of this world. I want you to put a mark on them, and I'm looking for the people that bear the mark. How many of y'all know we live in this world, but we are not of this world? Let's say that one more time. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. How many of y'all know we ought to talk different? We ought to look different? We ought to think different? Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. There ought to be something in you that is different from the people that you're around. And, and, and as believers, we ought to stand out. I've told this story before, but it's fitting for right now. When I was in high school, we had, a, um, we had a foreign exchange student, and he was from the Netherlands. And I took him to a Rockies game at Coors Field, and the music went on. Now, all of us Americans stood to our feet and said, charge, not him. He stands up, big white Netherland Dutch boy, and he says, unfaloon. How many of y'all know he stood out like a sore thumb? Everybody looked at him. When I was in college, I had a, a roommate there. I, I played football at Southwestern Assemblies of God University. And my roommate was from South Oak Cliff, Dallas. Let me tell you something. If you ain't got dark skin, you do not fit in in South Oak Cliff, Dallas, if you've ever been around that area. But he was my roommate. His name was Reginald Wilson. Man, I love him. Still in contact with him today. He was a stud, and he was a stud in his high school. Well, there was two boys from South Oak Cliff. Well, he was my roommate. I had another one that was from Noxapater, Mississippi. And I'm telling you, this boy was hillbilly as they come. All right? So you got two hillbillies. And he invited us to his homecoming on a Friday night. We were going to play on Saturday. We had a home game at Southwestern there. But he, uh, we were going to drive into Dallas, from Waxahachie to Dallas. And we were going to go with him to a South Oak Cliff game. And they were playing uh, uh, Red, Red Oak. I, I forget what it is. Um, but anyways... Two hillbilly white boys with two South Oak Cliff boys. I'm telling you, we were the two white boys in the whole stadium. We stuck out big time. And at one particular time, I said, hey, Reggie, I'm going to go get me some popcorn. He said, no, you need to sit down. I'll go get popcorn for you. All right? <laughs> How many of y'all have ever been in somewhere before? There's like, I do not belong here. All right? How many of y'all know we may live on this earth, but we have a heavenly assignment? Come on, are you hearing me this morning? I was on Instagram last week, and I saw when we were on vacation, I was looking at some northerners that came down, and they went to a Busey's gas station. Busey's. Busey's. How many of y'all know when they walked in and said, we love Busey's, that everybody thought they were foreigners from a different land? How many of y'all northerners, I, you know, I, I saw that they're building them all over the place. Northerners cannot accept the beauty that is in Bucky's. Come on, somebody. I mean, when you walk into Bucky, Bucky's and you hear brisket on the bun, 
There's just something that does inside of your spirit, man. You go, glory to God. And you have the smell. You smell of uh, cherry beef jerky. And you can get an aroma candle and you get tools to work on your pickup and a Bucky shirt. I mean, when you have all of that in one place, the Lord is in that place. Can you hear me, somebody? Amen? And so when you see a northerner walk in and say, Busey's, you're like, no, hit the door. You ain't welcome here. Come on. You get my point right now that how many of y'all know we are in this world, but we are not of this world? And there ought to be some things on you. You should not be arrogant. You should not. There, there, obviously, if you hadn't been here over the last couple of weeks, the second message I preached is grace and truth. But we ought, neighbors ought to see a difference on the inside of you. Your boss ought to see something different on the inside of you. Your family ought to see something different on the inside of you. We're not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. And in this story of Daniel chapter 3, we see this, that there is, and I just want to go ahead before we even talk about Daniel chapter 3, I want to ask you the question, does the fire that's burning on the inside of you, is it hotter than the furnace that is ahead of you? Let's say that one more time. I'm going to say it at the end and in the middle. Does the fire that's burning on the inside of you and in your spirit, does it burn hotter than the furnace that is ahead of you? Because in this particular story here, we see that Chadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three Hebrew children, they're up against the ultimatum. Can I tell you that we as believers, we're up against the ultimatum in the world that we're living in today. I'm going to say that one more time. Whether you know it or not, we are living every day in an ultimatum. Because this, if you don't live by the culture of this world, I don't know if you've watched the news, they will cancel you. I figured I'd get more amens from some Texans this morning. All right? We got any Davy Crockett's in the room? All right? Because we are living in a time that if you don't think like they think, do as they do, believe as they believe, they will cancel you. We're in an ultimatum. We're in a time right now that if you don't become compliant to the way they want you to think, do, act, that what we're coming to, we're coming to a place where they will begin to criticize you. We're coming to a place that if you, uh, as long as you stay quiet, you won't be ridiculed. But the minute you open your mouth, you will be ridiculed you believe. And can I tell you, I just want to build your faith this morning. We serve a God. His name is Jesus, and he was ridiculed, he was canceled, he was criticized. They even criticized him and ridiculed him all the way to a place of death, but that couldn't even keep him down because the Bible says on the third day he rose again. Hey! So you may be in a place this morning where you're being criticized, you're being canceled. Come on, there's been things that are against you, but if God be for you, then who in the world can be against you? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives, breathes on the inside of you. And I'm trying to bear something inside of your spirit today that there's a time coming. The Bible tells us in Matthew 24, you think it's bad, it's only going to get worse. But we've got to be a marked foe that says if God is in me, he's for me. And I'll stand for him to the end of time. And I'll stand no matter what cost it costs me. And if I die, I get to gain heaven. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. But I'm going to be a people that's marked. And can I tell you, we're at a place where, where today, where there is an ultimatum that is before us every day. 
As a parent, you have an ultimatum whether or not you're going to bend to the culture of, well, this is just the way we do things today. I'm in an ultimatum with, with, with my boys. I have two great athletic boys, and I'm in an ultimatum whether or not they'll be in church on Sunday morning. But I'm going to stand. I don't care how many coaches I make mad, but I'm going to stand. We're not going to play on Sundays. We're going to be in the house of God. You know what's wrong with the world today is because you go to the soccer fields right now. It's full of church. And if I bend, then I'm going to cause somebody else to bend. I'm going to be Shadrach who says, no, I'm not going to. And it's going to influence Meshach and Abednego. Come hell or high water. There's an ultimatum in every situation of our life. And in this particular story right here, you saw at the end of Daniel chapter 2, if you are here last week, Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. God uses Daniel to interpret this dream. And in this dream, he talks about gold. He talks about bronze and silver and iron. But the bronze, the head of it, was the gold, which meant the Babylonian Empire. And we pick up in verse 3 right here that, and, and he tells him, he said, he tells Daniel, because of what you've done, I see that your God is, the, is, you know, the leader of the land. But notice he didn't say that that's my God. And we pick up in verse 1 here, it says that he made this image made of gold and only of gold. Isn't that something that he does this? Because he's saying, hey, mine, the Babylonian Empire, was the head and it was gold. So I'm going to make one of gold saying this, that my kingdom will reign forever. Can I tell you, there is people in the earth today that think that their kingdom will reign forever. How many of y'all know there's only one forever king and his name is Jesus? I'm not going to mention any names. I could, but I won't. So in this particular text right here, he says this. He gets everybody together and he says, when the music begins to play, all these begin to play, everybody in the land will begin to bow down. Can I tell you, you've got to be very careful as I was reading this. Man, it's so important what you listen to. Because you know it or not, you will start to make decisions in your life bowing down to things from things that you don't even realize what you're listening to. Before I was even the senior pastor, I was a youth pastor here, and I'll never forget I was preaching like I am now, probably walking back and forth. And there was a girl that was sitting by Heather over there, and she was sitting on the end. Spirit of, Spirit of God came over me, and I went to her, and I said, you're being tormented at night in your dreams. She began to broke down and cry. We prayed for her. She's sitting right here. Well, after the service, the parents came to me and said, it's amazing how you prophesied over my daughter how true that was, how, 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 much, how tormented she is. And I said, well, uh, I would like to meet with y'all this week because there may be some prince of the power of the air. Stop. <laughs> Get under my feet. Um, I said, there may be some things in your home that you don't realize that you've opened the door to something. So anyways, they tell me, you know, I knew they were faithful to church. But then the parents, I said, well, what are y'all watching in your home? I just wanted to see what kind of biblical ethics they had inside of their home. And they, then they opened up and they said, well, me and mama here, we like to watch horror films. Everybody's going, oh, ah, ah, I do too. Yeah, they're great. And then the dad told me this. He said this. He said, he said, Pastor, I have to be, have a confession to you, but I really like rock music, and one person I really like to listen to is Marilyn Manson. How many of y'all know they are opening 
adore. And he thought this, well, my kids aren't listening to that. But him listening to that in his home, he is opening the door to some things inside of his house. How many of y'all know we need to put an end to this? And you may think, well, pastor, this is real hard. Listen, I don't want anything demonic in my home. Anything. And some things that in, in your life that you didn't even realize. When we bought our home, we, we love our home over in Olson. And uh, they had to leave some things that are, that are uh, relics to the home of 1952. That's when my home was built. And one of the things that they left was the holding on to the flu of our um, fireplace. We have one upstairs and downstairs. Was a uh, Satan. A little Satan holding on to the chain with his pitchfork and horns sticking out. Listen, there's, there's some of y'all that even like to play Halloween. We don't play Halloween at the Bennett home. Because we don't open any door to demonic into our house. Don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. Come on, grandmas and grandpas out there. Listen, we've got to make a mark. We've got to make a stand. We've got to be different from the culture of this world. And uh, so anyways, it starts in verse 8. Can we read the word together this morning? And then I'll start preaching. It says, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and brought accusations against the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the guitar, the banjo, the pipe, the hire. I add the first two, but that's okay. Harp, dulcimer, bagpipe. Bagpipe. That's something I didn't realize has been around that long. Praise the Lord. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. All right. And any Saturday Night Live lovers out there? All right. And all kinds of music is to fall down and worship the golden image. It's not fall down and worship shall be thrown into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. And then King Nebuchadnezzar, in a furious rage, Meshach and Abednego, and these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to, the, said to them, Is it true that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image which I have set up? And it's something the devil always goes after your worship. There's a reason for that. I won't get into that. But isn't it something right here? I, I don't know about your version, but I see it. There's a question mark here. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve or worship the golden image which I have set up? Meaning this, it's not an exclamation mark or it's not a period. He's not saying, hey, I have a problem with the gods that you serve. I'm just saying that today the one that you serve, I... I I, I am going to have an opinion in this. Now, if you're ready, verse 15, now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, the pipe, the lyre, the trigon, the harp, the dulcimer, the banjo, and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship the image which I have made very good. But if you do not worship, you shall be thrown at once in the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can rescue you out of my hands? You see what I'm saying? You get what I'm getting at right here? He's like, it's okay. You can serve your God on Sunday, but it's not Sunday. Monday through Saturday, this is what I'm asking you to bend the rules just a little bit. 
Like it's okay that you hang out with the boys on Friday as long as at the 1045 service that you're there live and in action. It doesn't matter what you do on Thursday. You live with him and you're having uh, 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 sex outside of marriage, not under the covenant of God, doing your own thing. I don't care if you do that just as long as you're in church on Sunday morning. Thank you for amening me right now. It's getting hot in here, Pastor Michelle. This is exactly how the enemy works. So he goes to verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to answer you, answer you on this point. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to rescue us. Oh, is there any believers in the room today? Gonna, I'm, I'm on, we're on YouTube right now. You're going to make me into a Pentecostal TV preacher because I'm going to want to slick my hair back and say, uh, on the end of this scripture right here. Our, uh, God, uh, come on, get it in your belly. Whom we serve is able to rescue us. From the furnace of blazing fire, and he will rescue us from, from your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. How many of y'all know in this text, this is what I wrote down right here in my Bible. I can barely read it, but I know what it says. They didn't doubt God's ability They submitted to his sovereignty. God, even if you don't heal me, I know that you are the healer. Even if if for some reason it, it, it doesn't work out, God, I know that you worked it out and you forgave me of my sin and you cleansed me from all unrighteousness. God, if I, could, if I could have a prayer for you that this morning, that you would have a faith so big on the inside of you that it doesn't matter what happens to the left or to the right. What I'm doing is following after the principles and teachings of the word of God. If God be for me, come on, who in the world can be against me? Man, I hope you could get this on the inside of you. Hebrews chapter 11. I didn't even share this in the first service, but the Lord reminded me of this. Hall of Fame of the Faith, it says this. Who by faith, that is with an enduring trust in God and his promises, subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, promised blessings, closed the mouth of lions, extinguished the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. He's talking about people of faith right here. They didn't doubt his ability. What they did was is they submitted to his sovereignty. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury and his facial expression changed with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then he gave a command that the furnace was to be heated even time, seven times hotter than usual. Again, I want to point out, I said in the very beginning, but isn't it something that he says to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You know... They could have said a group answer, but he wasn't looking for a group answer. He was looking at him, and he was saying, hey, I'm asking you, Shadrach, and that's what I'm asking. DJ, does the fire in you burn hotter than the furnace that is ahead of you? I want to ask you, JC, does the fire in you burn hotter than the furnace that is ahead of you? Because here's the deal. When push comes to shove, 
just be one person that stands. It can't just be me. It has to be me. It has to be Gabe. It has to be Anna. It has to be Julie. It has to be us, all of us, each and every one of us, no matter who's around, that I'm going to stand for the Lord. Are you hearing me this morning? But this makes no sense to me. The only thing that burned hotter than the fire was the anger of Nebuchadnezzar. And how many, you know, when, when you get mad, the only person you're hurting is yourself. When you literally have a spirit of anger come on you, the only person that you are hurting is yourself. Because, I mean, I've never been a villain, but I've had some thoughts before if I was to torture somebody. Y'all are looking at me real judgmental right now, all right? Listen, I know some Eagles fans out there that I would love to torture, all right? <laughs> uh, but come on, how many of y'all have ever, come on, just be honest. You know what I'm talking about right now. And this makes no sense to me. He's burning with anger against somebody that he wants them to die, and he turns it up hotter. Wouldn't you want him to cook a little bit? I'd turn it down. I, a slow bake. I'm reading books on Comanches right now. Comanches were terrible, terrible people. I mean, well, I would be the same way if you came to my land and said, you know what, this is mine. But anyways, that's beside the point. They, if they really didn't like somebody and they wanted to torture them, they would, they would. And they would get out the dull ones and they would saw limbs off people, private parts off people, stick them in their mouth, tie, them, tie a man and a woman to uh, if they found a couple coming in a wagon, they would tie the man on one side of the wagon between two wheels, and they would tie the woman on the other side of the wagon between two wheels, and then they would set a fire underneath the wagon so it would be a slow bake. That's terrible. That is torture. But Nebuchadnezzar, he turns into an idiot because he's so mad and says, hey, burn it up hot. But can I just say this? If you're being thrown in a furnace, does it matter if it's super hot or just a little hot? Hot is hot, right? So it says, then these three men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their turbans, and their other clothes, and were thrown in the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. Because the king's command was urgent and furnace was extremely hot, the flame of the fire killed the men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm telling you, when you burn with anger, the only people that you're hurting are the people that you love. They didn't like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're okay. But the people who throw them in, the ones who work for him, boss, I want to tell you out there, when you burn with anger, the only, the only thing that you're hurting is the business that you run and the people that work for you. That's a nugget. That was free. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king looked and was astounded, and he jumped up and said to his counselors, Did we not throw three men who were tied up in the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, I don't care how many times you read this story. I don't care if right now you're visualizing one of those felt boards with the three Hebrew children, Nebuchadnezzar in the fire. I know I am. But even as a kid... Isn't it something when we read 25, he answered, look, I see four men in the fire. 
Do I have any Pentecostal fire breathing, Holy Ghost filled? There's another in the fire standing next to me. Woo! I came to have church today, Sean. My Lord. Walking around in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Can I tell you right now, before I even get into the preaching moment, people are looking for Jesus with you during the trial that you're going through. I shared this at the end of, of the service in the first service, but in 1 Peter chapter 4, in verse 12, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place, place to test you, as though something strange or unusual were happening to you, but insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, keep on rejoicing so that when his glory is revealed, you may rejoice with great joy. There's three things that I want to show, down, show you here as we're a marked people. There's some things that I want to point out about the text that I've never seen before. As I begin to study this, God begin to show me some things. I want to point out right here that the time of the trial. The time of the furnace, the time of the heat. The trial didn't come when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were living a double life. The trial didn't come when they were living in sin. The reason that we're telling this story about a marked life is because we see three Hebrew children that not one time bowed to what Nebuchadnezzar's culture wanted them to live by. The reason we're telling this is because they lived in the world, but they were not of the world. And so the trial didn't come in sin. You know, they could have made excuses, okay, but on the, okay, we'll do it. But on the inside, we're really, we're bound to God. He'll understand. No, they didn't do that. It, you, they could have said, you know, it's not that big of a deal. We will, we will live for the Lord when this is all over. No, 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 no. They didn't bow one time. Well, you know what? I've heard this one before. Pastor, you know, I go to that bar and I hang out with those people because I'm using that for ministry and I'm trying to impact people. No, they didn't bow. They didn't buck whatsoever. They, they didn't give in at all. You know why? Because their conviction was greater than the compromise. Come on, if we're going to be a marked people, our conviction has to burn hotter than the compromise of this world. And you can't afford to let little things in. They didn't bow whatsoever. Like you can't afford to let that little offense in. You can't afford to do it. Because when you get offended at someone that you don't even know or barely are friends with on Facebook of something that they posted and they are maybe ignorant and stupid. That may be all of that. But when you get offended at that, that little offense is building a fence so big that you're now affecting the people that you love or are trying to raise in the admonition of the Lord. Come on, we can't buck, we can't bow to anything of this world. Just like I talked about the music, the television. You, you can't afford. Can I tell you, I, I, I was talking to some guys from Life Challenge the other day. You can't afford to get around people. Who, who even just socially drink a little bit. You know why I don't mess with it at all? Because I think of guys like this. 
Because I know my life, my example, these guys ain't going to go to the bottle. They're going to go straight to a needle in their arm and try to kill themselves when they see a man of God having a social drink. Come on, I'm not opening the door to the enemy anywhere in my life. I've got to be, I'm, I'm, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Is this too hard? I hope it is. Because I'm going to be a marked people. A marked people. We, we can't afford to open a door. I'm telling you, the reason that we are in the place of America and culture and society is because we've opened too many doors and we've become slack. And we've bended the rules for ourselves. Well, you know, it doesn't matter. It does. It matters. It matters. Can I tell you, what if you was to go home today? Let's say this. Let's say, Pastor Brandy, today or last night at 3.30 in the morning, she put a roast in the crock pot with all the seasons, with potatoes, glory to God, <laughs> carrots, you know, all that stuff in there, mashed potatoes, gravy, rolls. When the rolls are called up yonder... It's a very spiritual thing. You know what I'm talking about? I can taste it right now. We've been fasting for three days. Glory to God. And then peach pudding. Have you ever had banana pudding? I love banana pudding. I love banana pudding. Okay. But we have this thing in our home, just like you have banana pudding. We have peach pudding. Dear God in heaven, be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Amen. But what if I was to come home and somebody was in my driveway and I was to walk through my house, even if it was my neighbors, and they were in there and they were eating my roast, my peach pudding, Gabe's ice cream. Oh, no. That's what I thought. They were sitting at the table there and they were eating all that food. Someone was inside of my living room, had feet up on my coffee table watching like, I don't know, something demonic like the New York Giants. <laughs> and I, and we, I went into my, okay, well, that's fine. And then I go into my bedroom, and I see that someone's there taking a nap. Do you think I would just get in my car and drive away? Hey, when you guys are done, let us know. We'll be back. Hell no. Listen, they're going to meet my friend Smith. They're going to meet my other friend Wesson. I'm going to go in there, guns a-blazing, come on, somebody, with my, because uh, uh, I'm an American, and I'm going to kick you out of my house. You are not welcome here. And some of y'all are like, amen. Some of y'all are like, hell yeah, all right? I'd be the same way. Listen, it's the same way in your walk with Christ. This is a house. This is a house. This is a house. This is a house. Oh, I burn with passion telling you that because you've got just as much as you would run them out of the house. You've got to be the same way in your walk with Christ. Get out of my house. You are not welcome here. I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going to do those things. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to look like that. Are you hearing me? I was thinking about it this week when I was, I was waiting for another client to come with a horse and my, my watch went off. You know what it said? After I'd been shooing, it said stand. It's time to stand. Tick me off. I'm like, 
Apple Watch. I've worked my butt off since like 7 a.m. this morning. It's 1 o'clock and you're telling me to stand? Because it knows that you're living an unhealthy life if you just sit around all the time. Okay, I'm about to preach and get a little excited. Because if it's good for your health to stand up from time to time, How many of y'all know it's so much more important that in your walk with Christ, that if you just sit around and become a couch potato Christian, oh, that doesn't matter to me. Oh, that doesn't affect me. It's gonna. It's time to stand. It's time to stand. I know there's health benefits to standing. I'm telling you, there are spiritual benefits to standing. I know this is what you want me to do. I know you want me to bow. I know you want me to bend. I know you want me to do all of these things. Can I tell you, we're call- I'm not saying this by faith. I'm telling you because I know Matthew 24, Jesus told us that there is a time that's coming. And you think it's bad, it's only going to get worse. But you've got to make your mind up right now. The fire that's on the inside of my belly burns hotter than the furnace that's ahead. And I'm not going to bend right now because if you bend on these little things today, how much more is it going to be easy to just? They didn't care. There was all these people looking at them. They were ridiculing them. You know, on YouTube, and it's going to come YouTube uh, this week. Somebody. Or it was a couple weeks ago, me and Cody was looking at it. That uh, put Arena of Life, they had me preaching a little segment there. And they called us a white Christian nationalist church. Christian nationalist church. Nationalist? Yes. White? I am white. But they're ridiculing it. You know what I like though? It had all likes, no dislikes. And people commented, at least he's telling the truth. Come on somebody. (laughs) <laughs> but we've got to stand. How many of y'all know we've got to stand? John 15, 1, verse 2, uh, verses 1 and 2. It says, I am the true vine. Jesus is speaking. And he said, I am the Father, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Pastor, I'm going through the heat right now. You might be going through some pruning that it may bear more fruit. The enemy tries to come at us and tell us the reason we're going through a tough time is because God is mad at us. But I want to tell you, James chapter 1 and verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I need to keep on preaching. Here's the second point. Number one, the first point is the time of the trial. The second one is peace in the trial. Verses 24, 23, or 24 and 25 It says, then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded, and he jumped up and said to his counselors, did we not throw three men who were tied up in the midst of the fire? They replied to the king, certainly, O king. He answered, look, I see four men tied walking around. Notice something right here. They weren't running around in the fire looking for a way out. 
Notice something. They weren't t- taking off their clothes and trying to put the fire out. They weren't sitting at the corner crying about the fire. They weren't complaining, posting it on Facebook, Instagram, calling everybody in the neighborhood. What were they doing? They were walking around. How many of y'all know God wants us to live at peace in the midst of the heat? When the going gets tough and the fires grow hot, we have a tendency to want to control the fire, if not put it out altogether. You know what, people? People, as, as a people of God, we must realize that although we might be able to contain the fire for a season, it will only get hotter sometimes eventually. We must learn to let the fire burn rather than trying to put it out or cover it up. And you know what? I've came to this notion. I've came to believe this, that whatever is left after all the heat and all the burning, that's what the Lord has left and desired for me. Aren't you thankful for some heat you've gone through maybe in some social areas of your life where there was people in your life that were taking you down the wrong path And thank God for the heat and the pruning that took place because he put the right people around you rather than the wrong ones. Come on, aren't you thankful for that this morning? Let the fire burn. And if anything's left, when it's over, I'll know that it's of you, God. You know what we need to have confidence in? We have too much confidence in the furnace. We need to have confidence in the Lord. Listen, how will you know he's the healer if you don't have opportunity to see him heal you? How can you call him the provider if there hadn't been times in your life where you and your wife have to get on your, on your knees and say, Lord, you've got to supply all of my needs. How many of y'all know it's in those heated times that God reveals himself to you the most? And you can have peace in the middle of it all. Here's the last thing that I want to share. Fellowship through the trial. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself, he said this, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. There's another in the fire standing next to me. What else does it say, Lucas? Another in the water, holding back the sea. Come on. Isn't that so good? Thank you, Muriel. There's another. When the heat gets turned up, you need to know this. It may be hot, but you ain't going to get burned. I got some SPF 50 right now I'm putting on me. By the word of the Lord. I ain't going to get sunburned. It may be hot. I may be feeling the effects of it, but I know this, that the Lord is going to reveal himself through all of it to me. How I many of y'all know that's what Stephen said when he stood up for the Lord in Acts chapter 7? He said he looked up and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. We see in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 when Paul, he had been stoned at Lystra there. And the Bible says that he had went to a third heaven. The Lord revealed himself mightily to him. 
Aren't you thankful for the book of Revelation that tells us what's could come? You know why the book of Revelation is even in our hands today? Because there was a man named John that was marked by God and the Holy Spirit. And he stood up and they said, you bow down to Nemesia. And he said, I won't do it. So they dipped him in oil twice, made him drink poison. They couldn't kill him. So they sent him to the island of Patmos where they have all kinds of criminals there. And while he was in that cave of darkness, the Lord revealed himself to them there. God, make me a Stephen. God, make me a Paul. God, make me a John. Where when I stand, God, you stand with me. That when I stood, where I stand, that's when the Lord stands with me. When, when do people really see the Lord? Most often, it's not when they're cruising, but it's when they're cooking. Can I get a testament from all the people in the room? How many of y'all have really, you, that's when you've noticed the Lord the most. is not when you're cruising in life, but when you're cooking in life. Not only see the Lord in hot and hard times, but others are able to see Him as well. Your family's able to see the Lord in you when you're cooking, not when you're cruising. The Nebuchadnezzars of this world are not impressed when they see us with win the lottery. That only makes them... They're impressed when they see us going through the fire of hard times without panicking. It's in those moments they realize that someone must be in there with us. I wrote this down as I was praying this morning. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't come out of the fire until Nebuchadnezzar ordered them out. Think about this. Maybe you're getting to the place in your walk where you would rather be in the fire of hard times with the Lord than cruising in the shade without an awareness of His presence. Bring it on. I'm trying to encourage and build your faith this, this morning. You know, Jesus went through a fire greater than anything you or I can comprehend when he went to the cross to shield us from the fires of hell. I read this story. Actually, I, I saw it on Instagram. A guy was telling the testament of when he was a kid. There was a, a, a lightning that took place next to their barn. It hit one of their oak trees and the tree fell on the barn, catching it on fire. The family was safe, but he tells this story the next day as they were scoping out all the things that happened in that fire. He comes to this clump, and he hits the clump that was all burnt up, and there was four little hens that ran off. So when the fire began to happen, as Psalm 91 tells us, that he will put us under his wings. This mother did the same thing with those little chicks and put them, and she got burned. But the hens didn't. The little chicks didn't. The hen did. The chicks didn't. On that hillside overlooking Jerusalem, Jesus cried out, and he said this in Matthew 23, 37. Oh, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. The Lord died to insulate you from the fires of judgment, but he will not insulate us from the fires of trials. How I many all know he'll allow us, them to come into our lives to reveal himself to us, and, the, and a bunch of Nebuchadnezzars watching how you'll handle it. There's another in the fire. Now, I, don't, I, I hope you never hear this from me. I know you won't. There's people I've said, I hear people say, God gave me cancer. Thank you. I mean, y'all know we serve a good God. 
He may allow some things, but he may allow it, or he does allow some things so that he can be revealed to you in those hard times. Be that fourth man in the fire for us. Come on, stand to your feet this morning. I'm coming to a close here, but I want to share a prophecy with you because I'm telling you, we're living in a time where we're at an ultimatum. We're living in a time, as I said before, if you don't live by the culture of this world, you will get canceled. If you don't compromise, you'll be ridiculed. If you, stay, if you, if you just, you know, don't bend anything, you'll be okay. But the minute you don't think like them, talk like them, do things like them, there'll be ridicule that come against you. And I'm here to put a fire on the inside of you this morning. I want to ask you the question, does the fire in you burn hotter than the furnace that's ahead of you? Does the fire in you, I want to ask the young people at schools, that are in schools, in public schools, does the fire in you burn hotter than the furnace that's ahead of you? This is a prophecy by Kenneth Hagin in 1963. And I felt compelled to share this with you. I was talking to my dad yesterday. I've, we uh, have abbreviated it. It's not all of it. But this is from 1963. How many years ago was that? 60 years. If you don't know what prophecy he's declaring of what would happen here. He says, yea, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Listen to this. 60 years ago. I went, as it were, up into the air and stood with the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. And as I looked down upon the ground, I could see a map laid out before me of the entire nation. All the states of the continental United States. And as I looked, he said, Behold, son, and I shall show you that which shall come to pass, and that which the eye of many shall see. And they shall remember that their ears heard that it shall come to pass. For there came a dark hand up out of the ocean from the east, even from the Atlantic Ocean. It came up out of the sea as, as a hand, and as it rose up into the air, it became a dark cloud, and it filled the whole atmosphere. Yeah, and it swept like a storm at sea. And I said, O Lord, O Lord, O Lord, what's the meaning of this? And he spake unto me, and he said, Son, that is the darkness of atheistic communism that is sweeping across this nation. Even in the minds of men in high places and politicians with great power, and this nation shall not grow more strong, and you shall not have more liberty than you have now. But liberties that you've known and you've seen shall be seized and taken from you. And I looked again, and I could see upon the mountain a blotch. And as though a bottle of ink had been spilled and spread out over several states in the south and east. And then I looked, and I could see spots splotched all over the map. And I said, Lord... What meaneth this? And he said, communistic inspired hatred among races shall cause greater turmoil than your nation has ever seen before. Yet it's not the will of God, but men's hearts are perverse and they walk without the love of God and seek to have their own way. And so it shall be worse than you have seen. And I said, oh Lord, oh Lord, is there a remedy? Is there a remedy? What shall the answer be? And then I said, oh Lord, do we have Nothing to look forward to in the future except the darkness, the blackness, the war, the destruction, and evil. And he said, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And he said, son of man, forget not your text, for you look at the things not seen. And so then I looked into the spirit realm, and I saw falling 
Upon that mountain, a ball of fire from heaven, the closer to the earth, the bigger it got. And then when it came to the earth, it divided into small balls or sparks of fire, and it fell upon men. And I saw an army of men rise up, and it seemed as though their hands were fire. And there sat upon their heads a tongue of fire. And I said, what meaneth this? And he said, before the worst shall come in the day of darkness and compass, there will be those who shall go and shall carry the fullness of my truth in the fire. Not only to the states of this nation, but to many other places. For there is a work that must be done, first spiritually, before the Lord shall come. Now prepare ye your hearts, for the time is at hand, and the beginning is now, and ye shall see, and ye shall know, for the hand of the Lord is upon you, and many of you shall be used in these last days, and the work shall progress. Hallelujah to Jesus. For the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The prophetic vision shall be restored unto the church. For even in the days of old, the prophet would see by vision and prophecy. And so the prophetic vision shall be restored unto the church. And this is the time. This is the hour. And this is the place. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand. You can give him a hand for How many of y'all know if he was proclaiming this 60 years ago, he's speaking of a time that we're living in right now. Communism has the exact opposite ideal of America. Atheism is the exact opposite of Christianity. Notice he says here that liberties will be taken away from you. We've lost them. We've lost liberty to pray in school. Display Christian symbols in public places. But notice, it produced hatred among the race and great turmoil. Racism and hatred is pumped every day by the media. It's not in our hearts. It's in their hearts. The secret of men's hearts are being revealed. Turmoil. Shootings all over the place. Sex traffickers. Droughts. Hurricanes, what are we to do? We must be the army of fire anointed men and women who carry the gospel truth. You know what people want? People want the truth. The truth will set you free. You know what we can do? We can pray. Because it's coming. And turmoil can happen all around me, but it ain't, it ain't going to happen in me. I'm going to say that one more time. Turmoil is going to happen all around you. But it doesn't mean it has to happen in you. And we as the people of God, we've got to pray. We've had three great mornings. The last three mornings we've prayed. Sought the Lord. We've been praying and fasting here at the church. Had the church open at 7 o'clock, and we had the frozen chosen here, and I'm glad I was a part of them. But you know what? There's one more opportunity tonight. I promise you, you come tonight, you, it'll put something, a burn, a fire on the inside of you. We're going to pray tonight at 6 o'clock. That's what we as anointed men and women, what our duty is called to do. And when we pray... He stands with us. 5.30, 
going to be here marching around the building. Six o'clock, we're going to go old school, march around. We might even get out some trumpets. I might paint my face blue. Come on, somebody. Here's the thing, we've got to be the army of God. I hope you felt passion in the room today of how I feel because this is how I feel. In 2020, we got caught with our pants down. Pastor, that's, that's a little extreme. I was thinking of something else, but I didn't say it. The Lord convicted me. But ever since then, it, it just amazed me how people were like, okay, this is what they say to do. Hell no. No, 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 no. They may try it again, but they ain't going to do it to me. No way. Pastor, you might die. Awesome. I get to go see Jesus. I mean, really. Pastor, you're not afraid to die? No, I'm not. Get to be with Jesus. Paul saw it too. Get to be with Jesus. Here's the deal. You have an earthly assignment. But you have a heaven destination. And everything. Let's look up. Okay, God. I'm going to be who you've called me to be. I'm going to do what you've called me to do. And I'm going to go where you've called me to go. And I'm going to be a marked, I'm going to be a marked man. I'm going to be a marked husband. And I'm going to stand for righteousness. And I'm going to stand for what is mine. And if God be for me, then who in the world can be against me? They may want me to bow down and sing. I, when they sing, they want me to bow down and all these different stuff. But I got me a spiritual Apple watch that I've put on my wrist today. On September the 10th, I'm putting it on, all right? Just go ahead and put it by faith. I'm going to put it in the motion, all right? I'm putting it. This is for my own well-being. And when God tells me to stand, I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand for my kids. There's a school board meeting tomorrow night, Canyon ISD. What they're doing is completely criminal. Right now, they're appointing, didn't vote for, appointing a new school board member. And they're replacing, they're trying to replace the man of God, Paul. Um, what was his name? Paul what? Paul Blake. And they're doing it on the night. This is not stuff I'm making up. I read the newspaper. They're doing it on the night of meet the teacher so nobody will go to the school board meeting. I'm telling you, if I went to CISD... I would raise, not a garden, <laughs> I'm going to stand. Come on, I'm going to stand. Me, people may ridicule me, but I don't care. I care more about the fire in my baby's belly than I do about the furnace in front of them. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. 
Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.